This is episode number eight of the Bearded Marketers. I'm Rob. And I'm Corey. And tonight we're drinking Presbyterians. Oh, okay. Yes, that's a drink, that's also right. a religion. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're wearing robes too. <laughs> I mean, Snuggies, but same thing. Little little twist on it, no ginger ale. We're doing ginger beer, oh, yeah. which I like to put in just about everything. You if, can... if you guys have not tried, you have to get Goslings. That's the oh, key yeah. ginger beer. Like, none of the other ones compare. Boon, what's the Australian one? Boon, something, something with a Bundaberg. There Bundaberg. You go. That one's okay. It's just not at the same level as Gosling's. Reed's is disgusting. Yeah. Anyways, Gosling's. Interestingly enough, the diet is actually pretty good as oh, yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, it's um, not too bad. That's what I exclusively use. Um, tonight, we're going to be talking about. Um, Marketing gimmicks that do more harm than good. Mm. These getting slick too, marketing yeah, managers. too fancy for your britches, <laughs> as my mom always used to say. Uh, then we're going to kind of, we're starting a new segment that we're going to kind of come back to every once in a while and getting back to basics um, and just kind of reminding us of, you know, not forgetting some of the things that we sometimes brush off on um, in, in our quest for getting you know, as we talked about earlier, slicker and slicker and what we have to do with against our competition. But what, what are some of the basics that we sometimes forget? Um, I also wanted to cover something that I've kind of seen trend-wise and maybe a comeback to long landing pages and how we maybe need to approach those. And uh, let's, let's wrap it up, uh, Rob. What will we got last? Sure. I think we're going to talk about uh, maybe simplification of mobile experiences online, maybe particularly e-commerce or more specifically, the oversimplification ah, of mobile yeah. experiences. Mm-hmm. Mama didn't raise no fool. <laughs> so to get started, um, you know, really the the beginning of this was, you know, thinking about the things that piss me off every week and expanding on that. It's not just one thing this time. It's, it's these gimmicks that I see a lot of sites using uh, some sort of marketing angle that ends up frustrating users, I think, more than they actually end up benefiting the marketing department. So the one example that sort of jumped this all off was uh, BizBash. Yes, I'm calling someone out this time. I'm pulling a page from from Corey's book. Okay, so when you go to BizBash and you find an article and you want to copy and paste, yeah, I don't know, a couple sentences from some, I don't know, whatever you find, a recipe for a drink maybe, Mm -hmm. and you paste it in somewhere, it adds a see more at bizbash.com. Oh, to the tricky. end of your mm-hmm. copy and paste. All so right. you're trying to send an email of a something to your friend, mm-hmm. and here we have BizBash dropping spam links right. into your emails on you. Appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> right. So so this, I mean, as a marketer myself, sure. this uh, was amazing to me. So mm-hmm. did a little bit more digging, and apparently they only do it if you try to copy and paste something over a certain number of words. So if you uh, just do two words, they don't want their link on that. Right. <laughs> try to do a whole sentence, though. Uh-huh. My germs. That's copyrighted. Bizbash, see more at. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I come into, I haven't really run into that as a particular instance. I mean, one thing that still baffles me that so many people do is the light box on entry. I hate that. I mean, sometimes, you know, I'll just arrive at a site and I have not, I mean, I legitly have not interacted at all with your site yet. And maybe I'm there to read something. I mean, it, there's a wide range of examples. I'm sure we're all getting angry right now thinking <laughs> of an, a particular example. But, I mean, it is so 
off-putting to be greeted. I mean, it's one thing to, if you're coming to like an e-commerce site and they're letting you know the sale. Okay. You know, I'll give you kind of a free pass on that. Um, as long as there's not like four paragraphs of exemption text and all that, but you know, to come onto like a content site, um, or even into like any, any other sites where I really haven't interacted with you at all to be already greeted with asking for my information. I just really cannot stand that. And it is really off-putting. I mean, I'm sure someone has run some numbers on some site or, you know, everyone just copies each other and no one really knows. But from a user experience standpoint, that is just terrible for me. And I, you automatically lose a lot of points. That's if I even stay around for any length of time after that. Yeah. I think it amazes me, uh, that some of these sites think your first interaction, you know, usually what ends up happening is you find a link from somewhere, be it Twitter, Facebook, whatever, mm-hmm. you click on it. And the first thing you're hit, like you said, is that light box, you know, sign up for our newsletter or like us or follow us or whatever, some mm-hmm. sort of interaction. I literally don't know anything about you. Right. I haven't even read the article. I mm-hmm. don't even know if I like your stuff. And right. you're already expecting me to sign up for things. Like you said, give away information mm-hmm. like you. Uh, it's... <laughs> Yeah, I wonder, I mean, kind of thinking through that now, I wonder if that presents interesting issues for keeping your company in good standings on email servers, because I would imagine that you might get a lot of, you might get technically more entries of email captures, but I wonder if in the long term you get a lot of people that just sign it up to look at your content, and then you start getting a higher influx of spam complaints as well, and that provides you a you know, always a, a, a little bit more of a tougher battle to stay in good standings. I wonder if that would be a case. And that's what I could see logically happening. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like a classic spin on the, you know, a lot of the major newspaper websites. The first thing they hit you with is an ad. Yeah. But I don't know. It's it's more. Yeah, but you're not having to give something. I mean, right, you have exactly. to give up your time. Right. In like a click. But. You know, some of them get really greedy with the information. It's not like your, e- yeah. it's not just your email. It's like your company, your phone number, your name, and all this stuff. And it's just like, God, I haven't even, I don't even know anything about you. Right. Um, I mean, sort of in a similar vein. I mean, I'll, you oftentimes see the also like us, all that other junk right. in those light boxes. But, you know, another trend I've seen a lot is scrolling down a long article, you have the, the box of, Facebook icons oh, and Google Plus follow icons you following you around on yeah. the entire site as you yeah. scroll down the page. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's unbelievable the lengths that some of these people will go to. I mean, I assume that they've run uh, tests on these things too. It's a big assumption. <laughs> right. It probably is a big assumption. They probably saw it and just went, right. that genius, is awesome. genius, right. we're putting it on our site. But mm-hmm. It's just so incredibly annoying to me. Really, if I want a plus one or whatever the heck your site, I'll find the link on there. And if you don't have it, I'll figure it out. I mean, you can, you can get in front of people's faces just more intelligently than that. Yeah. Also, you know, there's something to be said for all of those places provide ample distraction from what you're trying to get me to do on that page. That's you an know, amazing point, like yeah. it, you know, I just remember that I need to check on my Facebook event that I created and see who RSVP'd or LinkedIn. I Oh, yeah, I got a message in my inbox today from a recruiter. Let me go check that out. Um, so I, I think there definitely is some trade-offs and continually getting in front of people's faces with some of those social aspects and what kind of distraction that that can lead from. We from definitely need to, to make that a topic for another show. Definitely um, 
distracting. It's basically trying to get people to jump off your site. Right. Which is a really interesting way of looking <laughs> at it. I know you're having fun here, but go check us yeah. out on these. Go, go to Facebook, sites. though, and, right. and start to chat up with, yeah, get your you know, creep on, yeah, exactly. on everyone and see what they're doing. So, all right. So, you know, what kind of spawned uh, another thing that kind of spawned me and Rob to talk about this um, was I got this email. Um, so one place I've shopped in the past, uh, and I recently kind of got on board with them was fab.com and they're kind of like a mix between Ikea and, um, is there stuff already put together? (laughs) I don't know. I haven't haven't ordered any furniture. Okay. You know, I mean, Ikea does come in a bunch of boxes, but I will say their instructions make sense and their hardware is like legit. It makes, yeah. you know, it, it fits well. It might be in like literally 60 pieces, but like it'll go together well, like it, it's intended to. Um, so I, I don't know. It's kind of like a mix between Target and Ikea. I mean, it, I, I don't know. It's it's hard to kind of like put them in a bucket. Um, but anyways, they got some pretty cool stuff. So I placed a couple orders in there. I got um, some pretty nifty items that were a little bit more unique. So after I had placed a couple orders, uh, actually last week I got an email from them that said, um, take our, uh, take this coupon on us, have 10% off your first order. And I was, you know, <laughs> I, I knew that that was like a, you know, a whoops on the back end, right. but I was like, well, let me go through this and actually see if it worked. Um, so I went through the process and actually the promo code didn't work. It threw me an error that I had already placed orders. So this promo code like no longer works. And it's just like, you know, you had a good idea, but the cost of not one, probably fully QAing that process. Um, but also whatever break in the system is occurring for your systems, not to talk to one another, um, really leads to a bad taste in people's mouth. And, you know, as, the ease of some of these integrations become easier and easier, whether that's like abandoned card or, you know, like drip campaigns similar to this to try to get people engaged into your processes. Uh, I would really caution people to put them one, you know, like really think about what are the conditions that are going to be, um, handled by this process. You know, what, what are the possibilities that people can, can do, Uh, and can encounter in this new, you know, method that we're introducing and then test it, see what happens and be continually testing. Always be putting yourself into these processes yourself and see what happens. Um, Because, you know, while that might not be enough of a faux pas for me to like be super pissed at Fab and never use them again, you know, it is kind of a stink, you know, like you presented me with this coupon and it didn't work. And, you know, now maybe I didn't buy that product. Um, so you like lost out on that sale or if something else happens in that visit, I'm probably least, you know, less likely to trust you again. So it definitely is a, a, a hit on kind of the, um, I don't know, the, the likeness that you have towards a brand or how maybe, um, your propensity to recommend it to someone else. So, you know, sometimes with the ease of some of these newer systems or, you know, some of the fancier things, just make sure you're fully aware of what could happen and you're putting yourself in there just to make sure there's no breaks yeah. in the system. And, you know, I think it speaks larger to, you know, kind of going off on a tangent on the e-commerce side of things. If you're going to have promo codes like that, 
uh, in a system similar, you know, you might want to err on the side of caution of accepting more than rejecting. You know, it, it does eat into your margins, but the cost of the customer experience sometimes outweighs that. And, you know, it's, it's not that much effort to develop something that might generate unique codes um, or things like that, or just thinking about that system more intelligently. But, you know, if you do go down the promo code route, you might think of how do we handle errors in that system to, to not leave a bad taste in people's mouth. So maybe offering like a, a side right. promo like I've seen some sites do or, you know, whoops, that didn't work. Take five off on us or, you know, whatever it might be. So and I, then you just charge them more for shipping. And get it back, so. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, I think your specific example is is a unique one in that I can't help but think they obviously thought ahead enough to not let you use it if you've already placed an order, right? Oh, yeah, I would hope so. Right. <laughs> right, well, yeah, yeah. Because it didn't work. Right, and right, so, right. But at the same time, they also, it what seems like pulled the list mm-hmm. several days before actually doing the send. Right. Uh, which is an interesting, they're tech savvy enough to like build in the fact that you're right. not allowed to use this coupon after you've done an order, mm-hmm. but, but we still did the poll, you know, two weeks ago for the right. list. Which is like an amazing... Or maybe they're just not talking to one another. Right. So, I, I don't know. It was, um, it, and it should be said, too, that I I actually didn't... I had that email sitting in there for like two days. So, it wasn't even that I like caught it early and maybe they like fixed the issue later. I would hope after like two days they would have fixed it. Um, but it was still broken for me. So, you know, just just consider those things. as we As we look to do things and capture people and, you know, test different things. Just make sure you've considered all the possibilities and you've tested them and and are monitoring them correctly. Uh, This actually reminds me of something that happened last week. I can't remember if I mentioned this or not, but the Banana Republic sent me a coupon for X off. Mm -hmm. It didn't actually work for what I wanted to buy. Uh, It was in the fine print, whatever. Coupon code did not display any sort of error. just didn't do anything. (laughs) It just clears out. Then they have the audacity (laughs) to send me an email two days later saying, hey, you left things in your cart. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> rip open that wound again yeah exactly so that's just another example nice i think we can end it on that topic on that right. one but that one left me particularly pissed off yeah i did leave something uh, in there <laughs> <laughs> nice all right all so right. uh one thing that we wanted to kind of you know i talked about at the beginning is bringing um you know a segment in back to basics um and before we get on this we set up a number and we want to kind of uh, hear from you guys uh, what would be some of the segments that you guys want to hear from us? Uh, we have some great ideas on potentially talking about um, some good tools that we come across in our trade um, or, or things that we've used in the past or some good random test ideas, things like that. Um, but let us know what you guys want to hear from us. Uh, the phone number is 904-270-9603. Um, leave us a voicemail. Uh, we listen to all of them. Um, Rob, make sure to drink two drinks before he listens to any of them. So your responses are always great. Um, but yeah, let us know what, what is it that you guys want us to talk about with the, uh, experiences that we have? Um, because our goal is to deepen really the knowledge of, of everyone in our field. Let's get beyond just changing out, um, like using the orange button everywhere and things right. of that nature. Let's let's think about things on a, on a deeper level. Uh, uh, so, 
So for tonight, kind of talking about the back to basics, I think you had a good example about talking about a landing page test that you had done in a while. Yeah, again, sort of the idea of this segment, I think, is to remind us, again, of the simple things we can do on our sites and how powerful they can really be mm-hmm. and not getting caught up in the complexity right. that you can get into with online testing. Right. Let's redo it, our whole mobile right. site. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um so this this specific example is actually looking through some of the old tests that we ran with some of our um, uh, affiliate campaigns from several years ago and came across a lot of simple tests that we ran that got some really good results. And we had you know taken screenshots of everything, kept all the data. So um, we had used, I think, Google Website Optimizer way back in the day. Mm-hmm. So this specific test, um, the landing page, this was a pay-per-click landing page. Mm-hmm. Um, all we were looking for on this landing page was a simple click over to an affiliate offer page. Gotcha. So just we just need someone to click that button. That's mm-hmm. all we're looking for. But at the same time, you know, with Google Quality Score, we have other things right. on the site. To some well, degree. and on the affiliate side of things, too, you want right. to make sure you're shuffling quality as well. Right. So basically, we just have a headline, um, a few bullet points, a button, which is really what we want people to pay mm-hmm. attention to. You know, there's some copy sales copy beneath it some informational copy beneath it and then on the right there is a really de-emphasized side navigation that's got you know 10 links or so to other informational pages on the site Mm -hmm. and we had thought that we had de-emphasized it enough you know it's on the right hand side it's grayed out it's Mm -hmm. it's not nearly as bright as all the other copy on the site so let's just test simple tests let's just remove that and that's all we're going to do on this page Mm -hmm. So the initial conversion rate on this page, again, we're just looking for a click on a button, was 21%. Okay. Removing that right-hand nav completely resulted in a conversion rate of 56%. Wow, okay. So massive increase in conversion rate simply by removing 10 links on the right-hand side that were already de-emphasized. Right. And I think that that just is another example of simple things that, you know, I think everyone sort of knows, Mm -hmm. and you know that that's... But do you realize that that is the kind of impact that a simple change like that can actually have right. on a landing page like that? And that's the difference between a landing page that makes nothing mm-hmm. and a landing page that yeah, I mean, you know, especially makes in your the month. affiliate game, the yeah. margins are super thin. So Absolutely, and this like was that. a this was a high traffic site, so that is a completely valid test we ran. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a no joke. This is not one of those joke case studies. One million percent increase. Your sample was ten. People. Right, exactly. This was run. This is valid. This was run over a couple of weeks with yeah. a lot of traffic. Uh, hugely uh, valuable test and simple at the same time. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, I think that's a you know a good example. Some and, and I think you know where I've run similar tests sometimes is on you know I'm thinking of a recent test I did on a product page um, with a partner that I worked with, and what what seemed to kind of be the case is over time they had kept adding more and more features to their site whether that be recommended products whether that was you know there's a there's a ton going on and i think sometimes we in the hunt for features on our websites are kind of like having a wow factor we lose sight of how much is really going on and so i ran a test where we actually really simplified the page down and removed and relocated some of the features to kind of get them de-emphasized like you talked about and the results that we had were, were quite large. And I think, like you said, sometimes we need to return back to basics and understand what's like the focus of this page. Right. You know, there's all these ancillary things that we have on here that seem cool or we think like really help um, the user experience. But sometimes 
you know, that just adds a lot of weight to the page. It's just like a, a lot of cognitive load that someone is having to kind of process as they come onto a page. And sometimes just clean and simple is better. I mean, sorry to say, but a lot of people are dummies <laughs> and, you know, I'm over sorry. and, and overcomplicating uh, things in the interest of, you know, seeming bleeding edge sometimes can, can actually cost us. And sometimes it's a slow process. It's like one feature at a time, a slow, and, you know, it, it eventually morphs into some kind of quasi-moto of a page. Right. Um, and sometimes getting back to clean and simple is, is kind of what we need, a, a wash and, and a reset. So Yeah, exactly. So kind of along those lines and, and looking at some of our landing pages, what I've been noticing as kind of a trend in certain sectors is kind of what I would call long copy 2.0. Um, and what I've been noticing on some sites is the kind of almost to the level of like an ever scroll type page. Okay. So, you know, things like Mashable, that's not the example I'm going to talk about, but kind of sites like that. Um, you know, I was on one, I think we'll post a link in the description. I, I can't remember it now, but it was a link to a marketing firm and when you went to their About Us page, it scrolled for quite quite a bit. Um, one thing that I liked about it was, you know, even though it was a very long page, they used design cues to kind of help break up the content. So it wasn't like you were just scrolling through these walls of text. Because I, I think when we talk about long copy generally, I mean, the images that flash in my head are those old, busted, lose weight affiliate pages with the... You know, big right. dotted line boxes in the middle, highlighted copy. Of Fake course, you have. Oh yeah, but you have to have the uh, signature at the end. Yes, that that is a, a JPEG of a scanned. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it wasn't like that, and and I think one benefit that long uh, landing pages like that potentially provide is on certain devices. That's sometimes a nice experience, you know. When I'm on a tablet or I'm on a mobile device, sometimes it's a pain, you know, like continually clicking through buttons or interacting with menus. And depending on what you're trying to get people to do or understand about um, your website, having kind of a longer process, as long as you're using the right design cues to kind of help break things up, I think can be a nice experience. Um, there are some kind of things to be weary of. Um, but I think that that might be a good test for some people. And, you know, because I think a lot of the benchmarks and the webinars will kind of tell you, you know, keep things as short as possible, short bullet copy and things like that. And I think what we end up doing sometimes is we get people to click through, but they don't really buy into the story or they, they're not like fully vested into the visit. They don't really right. they haven't really understood enough of what we're offering to sometimes even perceive the value, you know, like. Let's boil down our value proposition into like a headline or like some image elements and things like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, people a lot of times want, you know, want to buy into things that people are passionate about themselves that make. And I think, you know, we can intelligently potentially present an experience that does that um, and, and a longer uh, form of the page where we're using kind of design to, to help break those elements might provide that. Yeah, I, I've seen this in a lot of, uh, not a lot, a few segments. Um, 
one in particular is a corporate type website. I've seen mm-hmm. it a lot, and a lot of B two B sales websites have seen it. I, know, I, I think I, one that I can remember off the top of my head too is Google Fiber. Right. On a couple of their landing pages, have some pretty. They actually use uh, HTML5 animation in there as well to kind of help break things up, which was pretty interesting. I, I know one of the first ones that I, at least I remember from years back was Thirty Seven Signals mm-hmm. um, with a lot of their pages. It's not just the sort of uh, ever scroll, as you put it, kind of like Google Images is, where you keep right. scrolling and scrolling and scrolling right. and it keeps going. Um, it's the thing that I go hand that I see go hand in hand with that is the large font sizes, large uh-huh. pictures, mm-hmm. um, using uh, customized fonts, right. so not the standard Arial mm-hmm. Verdana type stuff. I mean, so it's like a, it's a it's a really design centric um, form of building a landing page, mm-hmm. not even really just a landing page, just a website. Sure, the experience and, that they provide. right and that all those things combined, I think, create a unique experience. Mm-hmm. I remember first seeing it on Thirty Seven Signals. Um, and being really impressed with it. Sure. And a lot of people started to duplicate that across mm-hmm. um, a lot of B2B websites and corporate sales sites and things like right. that. Um, and I think it can work for a lot of those guys. The one the one thing that I have noticed on several sites is maybe they don't grasp the concept fully. And what you end up with is a long page with large elements and blocks of um, large text and things like that that are really hard to digest. Mm-hmm. At least for me, I know oftentimes I go to a website and I look at my scroll bar to get a feel for how long the page is. Mm-hmm. And I, I try to get a feel for what is on the page for me to consume and right. maybe sort of scroll back and forth on it a couple of times to get a feel for what's on there. And then from there, scroll through and, and read the pieces that I want to. But so a like lot of times... your attack plan. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, like, page? how am I going to get this? How am I going to get this? But with a lot of these pages, it's tough to do that. Mm-hmm. The elements are so large that you can't easily scan them mm-hmm. and the pages are so long that I can't even easily scroll them unless I like click the button for crazy fast scroll on my <laughs> mouse. Right. And, uh-huh. and end up at the bottom. And then it's just hard to really digest some of that stuff. So unless the page is catering towards people who are ready, I mm-hmm. guess maybe to read that story mm-hmm. or digest that. Um, I don't, I don't think it can, Maybe the best way to do that is to make sure that the top still has an exit strategy for people who... Or just, like, the content as you're moving along. Right. Like, someone doesn't necessarily need to go to the end. Like, yeah. providing good escape routes, I guess, could be yeah, one word. Yeah, I guess that's the way to, yeah. To uh, engage them into a different process and kind of, like, reset. Because, you know, after you digest a lot of copy, sometimes it takes a little bit to sink in or, you know you start kind of losing people. Um, so I think having those kind of fire escapes out to kind of reset them yeah. and get them into something else. I think the challenge with those is a similar challenge that you had just with the long sales copy of yesteryear, which is that it takes a lot of effort mm-hmm. and time to create a good page that works oh, yeah. like that. And so marketers tend to go for the, I'm just going to do a headline, <laughs> okay. bullet points, mm-hmm blue button <laughs> with a gradient on it and like let's move on next or page orange, come on exactly stock images <laughs> right on to the next yeah that's a good point but again i think that you know depending on what you're doing that might be an interesting test and it actually might be interesting like i said to maybe break down a test like that into different device usage you might find that you know on more touch centric items you might find some uh, characteristics of usage that might lend itself to having 
uh, an experience that might be different on desktop and mobile and right. how they use a page like that. So anyways, let's uh, keep moving right, right along. Um, what kind of one of the last things that we wanted to wrap up with was kind of talking about mobile. I mean, I guess that was a good segue. Uh, totally unplanned. Well, we always have to talk about mobile. <laughs> right. We always have to touch on mobile, always have to touch on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> or Creepbook, but yeah. we'll get to that in a bit. Um, but anyway, so we wanted to kind of, you know, I think you had a good returning back to things that pissed Rob off. We, we, we're going to we're gonna come full circle to full that. Circle. So insert animated gif of Rob with the uh, red face and steam, steam coming out of his head here. Um, but we were reading, a, I was reading a good article on e-consultancy about they were using uh, Nixon watches as a good kind of case study for a responsive web design um, as it relates to mobile. Um, so for those that... Uh, most people should know what responsive web design is, but if you don't, it's it's Stop kind of just listening now. Google no. it. It's we'll, a, we'll wait. It's, <laughs> all right, um, just a way to kind of design a website to where it scales to the experience. Uh, so, what do we mean by that? You know, your one framework can handle someone that accesses it on a desktop versus a mobile site without actually necessarily having to create a separate portal. Your website will actually adapt itself to do that. So there's a lot of frameworks out there that you can leverage. We won't get into that in that episode, but maybe in the later one. Um, but one of the things that uh, we run into a lot when we're dealing, you know, when I'm dealing with uh, some of the projects that I'm working on is, you know, there people think that, simplifying mobile is always the answer. Um, and sometimes that's actually not the case. Um, you know, especially when people have interacted with your website before, sometimes they come to expect certain features, um, especially if you have like a lot of return traffic or things like that. So having a mobile site that necessarily can't do everything the full site can, can sometimes be frustrating, especially if you have a, like a content heavy site um, or like an e-commerce site and they are trying to kind of like filter down their experience to kind of get what they're interested in. Um, sometimes without some of those features, it can be a long arduous process and something that's like really frustrating. So kind of sometimes in the, especially on mobile and the hunt for simplification, it can also cause you to kind of want to pull your hair out uh, when you're interacting with. And, you know, also... You know, we're also getting to the point now also with mobile devices where we can kind of explore new frontiers with mobile. You know, we got good framework set that can provide some good effects. Um, we can also deliver experiences much faster depending on like you know, what kind of CDN you have and um, what framework you're using, going back to that as well, um, and how much you've optimized your site. Um, and I think sometimes we are scared to kind of get more on the fancier side of things with mobile because uh, we're maybe a little bit overly cautious than, than what's necessary. But I thought you had a kind of a good example of something that <laughs> yeah, well, got you a little steaming. The lovely wallpaper that you're looking at in this fancy oh, office yes. was purchased from Home Depot. Okay. Um, That's another call out people right there. I, I, did, I did not get any big, compensation big for orange. that call out, but I would appreciate some. Home Depot, <laughs> get at me. Um, anyway, so I was using 
their mobile version of their website mm-hmm. to do some things. And it got me thinking about this whole mobile experience sure. and how a lot of sites do very poorly with, um, just like you were saying, the mobile version of your e-commerce store is so limited that I have to give up right. and jump over either to the full version or just I'm going somewhere else because I can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And I understand that for some e-commerce stores, like it can be a fairly straightforward process. If you sell X product, picture, price, you know, button. This is it. But for example, I was talking about this with someone the other day. Um, you know, what happens when you sell clothing and mm-hmm. now there's size options, uh, you know, brand length or width or mm-hmm. color options. And you have a lot of things going on for a specific page. And how do you make that a simple process on a phone while also um, having the ability to look at an image that I can actually like look at mm-hmm. in depth and detail? That looks good. Right. Exactly. And, you know, figure out the pricing options and all those other things and maybe want to read reviews, too. Mm-hmm. That can be a pretty complicated page to do on a on a normal computer desktop sure how do you convey that on a mobile phone Mm -hmm. and this sort of you know lends over to into uh you know i was talking about with this earlier with someone else again like linkedin's app i mean this i think applies to apps too they limit things so heavily Mm -hmm. that to use certain features now i have to jump over to your real website Mm -hmm. and this is the exact same example as as you know a lot of mobile sites you can't limit your features so much, especially for users of a site like a LinkedIn. You know, like there are right. specific things I'm trying to do on your site. Mm-hmm. Like there are things I need to do. Sure. Um, and when I can't do them in your app or your mobile version of your site, which is yelling at me to get on the app, <laughs> right? Right. Which I basically can't even use the mobile version. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I have to jump over your full version. And, and at that point, what is the what is the whole point of having this responsive mobile? Mm-hmm. Now I feel like I ex- wasted my time. Right. Well, an expensive app. And how much mm-hmm. dev have you invested in all of these Not things? Enough, apparently. <laughs> where you're missing a couple of features. Just mm-hmm. a couple of features can ruin the whole thing and mm-hmm. make me have to jump over to your full version of your site, if that's even possible. Sure. Which has been a problem with some sites in the past. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's some good things to kind of consider. And, and I think, again, I... I think in our drive, you know, just I think in online marketing in general, there's this drive for simplicity and yeah. short bullet points and short, simple experiences that uh, sometimes can lend itself to not, you know, full value not being realized, but also kind of a frustrating experience, especially like in the Home Depot example. Yeah. You might have, and like I was talking about earlier, especially when you might have done some pre shopping on that site. Um, use some of that filtering and now yeah. it's like, you know, I'm, I'm in the store or I'm considering something I'm on the go. I have some free time. I'm trying to get back to that cause I'm, I'm ready to purchase. And now it's just really tough, if not impossible for me to jump back there. And now, you know, I might be considering someone else. Right. And you know, I might be a, a unique case in that I don't think I've ever purchased anything uh, from my phone really? outside of an app. So like, like I use Amazon? the I use the Amazon app like nobody's oh, business I don't because even use the app. I just use the mobile site. I, I use their app. It's amazing. You can scan oh. barcodes straight from the store and what? one click buy. You uh, know, at I, the cheaper I, I, price. I never use that. Yes, it's amazing. I will say though that Amazon's actually a good example. We were not paid for this placement, but Amazon, if you want to holla at your boy, I will be glad to accept. <laughs> um, they actually provide a they. I don't know if they're testing it or they've rolled out a new design. Uh, I will say their filtering system was terrible in the past on their mobile site. Um, Like when you would search for a product, if you're not very accurate in your search results, 
um, to nail down to the proper department and, mm. and get to products was a terrible process. Uh, they recently overhauled it and made it. They recently actually overhauled their whole mobile site, unless I'm just in a test group. But um, they might. They, I think they provide kind of a good case study for how you might um, potentially offer different filtering um, parameters to people and kind of right. interacting with that process. I don't think they're necessarily the best. I think uh, Zappos has some good options, um, and there's a couple other sites that provide some good experiences, but. Um, you're right. I think that sometimes we oversimplify things and, and really it just leads to kind of a frustrating or unfulfilling, um, experience. So anyways, that's what we had for tonight. Um, shoot us over a voicemail, 904-270-9603. Uh, let us know what you thought. What are some topics that you'd want us to discuss? I mean, between me and Rob, we got a lot of experience in a lot of different verticals, whether that's e-commerce whether that's lead gen whether that's affiliate marketing ppc uh really most things that you can think of in the online marketing game we've done at some point or another so we want to kind of hear from you guys what do you want to cover uh what are you struggling with at work uh, maybe we've actually um already kind of tackled that and can share some of our advice um also you know we like to hate on webinars and benchmark guides quite a bit on this show um, and I think it would be disingenuous for us to do that if we weren't really willing to kind of put our hand to the plow uh, in that area. So we want to start uh, conducting our own research um, in some areas that we have some ideas on, but we want to hear from you guys as well. Um, what is some research that you guys are generally interested in, whether that um, is kind of, I mean, we've been talking a lot about mobile lately. Um, maybe it's into some different areas, whether that's like, uh, multi-session website usage or, or, you know, there's, there's a tons of different avenues, but what is some non BS research that you are really interested in? Um, I mean, I'm sure we've all are inundated with 15 infographics a day. Um, but those are usually by companies that are, are hawking their own products, um, with invalid data Important point there. 10 people sample size. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> but um, yeah, so we want to, we're going to be leveraging uh, Amazon and, uh, well, Amazon and Google's products for doing some surveying um, and getting some responses to kind of generate some uh, uh, research on our own. Um, but we want to get that feedback from you guys. Uh, what are you guys interested in? So until next time, you guys all stay classy and we will talk to you next week on the Beard Marketers. 